When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Ah, hello and welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. <laughs> that sounded a little too evangelical. Like, do we, uh, right? Do we remember how to do this? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it took us 10 minutes longer than usual to get I know, set up. I know, to set up because the cord was just roaming free. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> is it plugged in? We don't know. What is that buzzing? I have no idea. <laughs> yes. Two different types of buzzing in here. Yeah, so fun. Oh, my Jesus. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, we have returned. We have returned, so thank you all um, for waiting. <laughs> for being patient. For being patient. Did you notice? Right. Was there a void? Is there a void? Two queers talking about horror that, uh, yeah, that there, you missed? I, I hope there was a void. Uh, I hope <laughs> <the> people <laughs> missed us. <laughs> I agree as well. I agree. I, know we're, I, I definitely know we were missed by some. Yes. I um. Yeah, we, I kept meaning to put out, but, you know, like, how it goes, you just, you, you know, you don't, like, think about a lot of things, but um, we had to take a break, because, uh, unfortunately, my um, mother passed away, and so it's been a difficult uh, month or so, <laughs> and uh, so we had to pop a pause on Fright School while I reorganized um, the disaster that my life has been the last <laughs> A uh, bit of time, uh, but I'm I'm really looking forward to getting back on track. I really love doing this, and so I um I, I missed you, Joe. I know, um, and I missed the horror. And so, um, as many of you know, our longtime listeners know, I uh, have my love of horror from my mom, and uh, you know, I can continue to do the show now in you know her memory and her honor. Uh, in a sense, <laughs> um, you know, so I know that she would want me to continue to spread horror to the masses. <laughs> Good. So I, uh, I, I continue on, but yeah, it's been, it's been a very interesting, uh, I- experience going through this. So <laughs> no, I'm sure. So I do want to send a th- thank you, big, big thank you to everybody who has reached out, who, who we know personally and do know what's going on. Um, you know, there so many kind words, um, the creeps, you know, they were all so kind. Yes, and our creepy friends. Yeah, the uh, the people who make up our little podcast family. Um, that's uh, from the Jersey Ghouls and Horror Movie Night. Uh, we really, really appreciate you all. Uh, I appreciate you all, I should say. Uh, for Yeah, I can take or leave you guys. <laughs> <I mean>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, it's been, um, it's, it's, 
you know, when you go through something like this and just, uh, you know, all the support that comes out, you know, it's just, it's, um, it's been very, very healing, you know, more so than I thought it would be. Cause I always thought I'd be, you know, in that situation where it's like, Oh, you know, I don't want to be, there are certain things you think you don't want to hear, but then in those moments, it's like, actually, this is very helpful. <laughs> yes. So anyways, that's, you know, all I will say on that, I just wanted to give an explanation about why we were gone and, you know, that uh, I like, I just want to, you know, continue doing the show because uh, it's so much fun and it's a good thing in yeah. my life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is one of my favorite things in the entire world and I'm so blessed that I, I'm so blessed that I got to meet her um, uh, earlier this year when she mm-hmm. visited and, yeah. um and to, you know, sh- nod my head and be like, oh, that's where, <laughs> that's where it comes from. Uh, I have you to blame I have, for all it's this. It's you. It's, it's, it's all making sense. And so I was very lucky to have met her. And, um, yeah. So, yes. We love you. We love <laughs> yes. you, Becky. Yeah, she will. She is greatly missed. Um, but, so, moving on. It has been a very... Busy month for you, because while I've been off in Griefland, you're just seeing all the horror movies without me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's like... How it's much like... can I use this to, to guilt you? No. <laughs> you know what? I did. I did. Every time I saw a movie without you, Joshua, I was like, oh, it, it was like, it felt dirty. It's like... It's... Good. It should. <laughs> it was like, you know who would really like to be here? Joshua, but... Yeah. I really like. so you know, but I will say you know I I, I will say that that um, your life has to go on, Joe. <laughs> that <laughs> hey, you have to do things. I do have know? to do things, but you should be very proud that yes. now I am solo seeking out horror on I my am. own. I am very proud. I, this is how I will reframe it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so what all did you see? So I saw. Little Monsters on... We'll go all the way back to Halloween, right? So okay. I saw Little Monsters on Hulu with uh, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, which was very, very, very good. Yeah. Um, she does really well. It's kind of like uh, Life is Beautiful and Shaun of the Dead, like, mixed together because she's a, uh, she's a kindergarten teacher in Australia and the zombie apocalypse is happening while they're at a petting zoo, and she's trying to hide that from the kids. <laughs> trying to protect them from the trying horror. Trying to protect them from the horror. <laughs> so she's like, you know, she comes back after, like, going out, and she's covered in blood. And this is a bright yellow dress, but, like, covered in blood. And they're like, what is that, you know, Miss Caroline? And I was like, oh, it's jam. Don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> And um, and so that's fun. Josh Gad is in it. He plays like this really creepy, like Mister Rogers Muppet Sesame Street type character who ends up being a dick. Like you know, they all are cool. Um, and she plays the ukulele and sings Taylor Swift songs. Like it's really fun. All right. Um, first, so we recommend recommend first right. ten minutes is hard. It's like when you watch the Babadook and you want to turn it off because it's like you don't care about it. It kind of centers around this one guy and we don't really care about him but once Lupita shows up stick with it because it's really great so yes recommend cool little monsters well we'll put that on the list actually well it is actually on my list you know what I didn't you know I don't recommend countdown yeah 
Yes, the one about the the app that kills people that tells you it didn't look exciting. To no, me. it was not exciting at all. And I have to agree with uh, I think it was Matt from Horror Movie Night who said like Countdown was a great movie until like you get to like the middle <laughs> or like towards the end or something mm-hmm. like that. Like there's it really doesn't make much sense and like and it's it's so it's my favorite trope my favorite trope of horror is like what is the what is the side <laughs> what is the side trauma that's informing the horror you know like yeah sydney's mom losing her mom and scream and all that stuff and this one really plays that up so mm. uh but yeah no don't recommend um you know watch it when it's on shutter in a couple months right but don't uh don't pay don't anymore. rush out don't rush out and don't pay any extra money to see it um, it does have Peter Facinelli in it, so oh. you know, well, as look at him getting a paycheck. Exactly, he's not the main villain. Is death, <laughs> you know, like like uh, um, Final Destination, but he's like the second. He's like the tertiary villain, and so oh. it's really great. It, he's really great in I it. Have I ever seen him play a villain? I can't. Well, I mean, he was such an epic douchebag on um, Nurse Jackie, but I wouldn't call him the antagonist. So he he is um he does play a doctor in this one again. So ah, well good yes. for him. Um and then of course the one that I really felt really bad seeing without you was Doctor Sleep. Yeah. You should. Let's just sit with that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, let's just sit just, with our just guilt. You marinate in that <laughs> in that guilt. Um I also felt really bad because I preferred Doctor Sleep over The Shining. Hey, um, that's all right. You know, um, you're you know a millennial. Ah. <laughs> well, it's like, well, Joe, famously, you probably, have no taste. It's probably much faster paced. Uh, no, it was. Well, I mean, yes, it was a faster pace. It's still like long. Yeah. And it's still it's still an epic movie. Um, but I felt like there was just it was more it was more interesting and more there was it was more dynamic. Yeah. Um, in it. Plus, uh, I have to give props to uh, the the girl who played Abra in it. Like, she was very good. Um, reminded me a lot of one of my nieces. <laughs> cool. But, yeah, really good. Ewan McGregor is Ewan McGregor. You know, take him or leave him. Um, and then the woman who played Rose the Hat was just, oh, you know, love yeah. it. I'm excited. I do, I'm looking forward to seeing it. One, because that was the, like, after, I, I'm a big fan of Stephen King, especially, you know, 70s, 80s works, you know. And then uh, for a while, the last great book I thought that Stephen King had written was The Green Mile. And that came out in like pff, 93 or 94. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was like a series of novels. And then they I got it for um, the holidays. When the movie came out, they put it all under one book. And so that was one of my uh, gifts that year. Uh, and I spent all day in bed reading it because I just, ugh, it was so good. It's such a great book. Uh, but that was like the last, for a long time, you know, I tried to read some of his other stuff, Cell, and that was like, oh, this is awful. Um, and you just, some of his other books. Into that, the Dark Tower series or? Is that the well, even the Dark Tower series just took a weird left turn and was just, it was just weird, you know? And so I just, I, I don't know, I just felt like, I don't know, it's like he's just writing to write or something. And then Dr. Sleep came out and, you know, it was like, oh, this is a sequel to The Shining, which I thought, hey, how cool is that? Let, I, I will read that because I remember reading The Shining when I was like, probably 13 or 14. Uh, so I was very excited to kind of revisit those characters and see, you know, cause th- there is when you're like certain authors and you read their work, um, 
at least for me, there's like Stephen King, Poppy Z. Bright. Uh, you know, they write these characters and you're just like, gosh, I really want to know what they're doing now, like 20 or 30 years after this novel has been written. And so this was kind of that, you know, the, a way to experience that, you know, like, and, and would I actually be satisfied with what the author has to say about these characters now? Um, that like, I don't remember when Dr. Sleep came out, but it was like, it, you know, over 30 years after yeah. The Shining had been released. 2013, was it? Something like that. It was. It's fairly recently. Yeah. It's in the last 10 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I was still working at the production studio when it came out. Because mm-hmm. uh, I remember reading it on the bus, and another guy had it, and he was reading it. And I was like, oh, look, you know, we're reading the same book. Isn't this exciting to get, like, a sequel to The Shining? And he goes, well, it's not really a sequel. And I was like, are you reading the book <laughs> so I stopped talking to him because it was a very strange conversation where he was like trying to argue that it wasn't a sequel to The Shining and King came out and was like this is a sequel to The Shining yeah it was it was a bizarre conversation so this is why I don't talk to people on the bus you know I just put my, I put my headphones back in I'm like okay well, some, something's up with you dude it's but like, he was I, like I thought you were friends it was not like you know he's like no it's not a sequel to The Shining. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Put my earphones back in and just back to reading my book. But anyways, um, so yeah, I remember reading it like back and forth on the bus and then at work on lunchtime. And I just was really, it had been a long time since I really enjoyed a Stephen King book. And again, I don't think it's up there with like the greats of some of the stuff he's written, but in the sense of like being very fast paced, moving, it, it reads like a film. You know, so I felt it's very adaptable. So I'm looking forward to seeing it to see how um, how disappointed I'm going to be in no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> in the, well, in no, I've heard so it's good. A lot, a lot of people that I've I've heard from enjoyed it. I, I appreciate what I appreciate about you, Joshua, is that you're very you you go in with you go into adaptations with like this open mind. You know, like he. You you definitely want to see the book that you've read adapted, you know, in the way it like just you know a straight adaptation. Um, I know that you don't appreciate when they take certain licenses. It, it it just depends because it's like it pisses me off when it's like we love this book so much that we're going to invest you know a hundred million dollars to adapt it, but we think we know better than the author. And so we're going to change all these elements of the story. I'm like, then what the fuck? Then just write something new. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, absolutely. Because you go in, because they go, oh, we want to be surprised. Or, we want, you know, we don't want people to think, you know, to think they already know it. But it's like readers, people who love something, that's they want to see it adapted. You know, they want to see, you know, it play out that way. You know, like it played out in our heads. At least I do. Maybe not everybody. But I can still accept a work what it is they're like yeah. the, sh- the original shining i think is a is a great film it has nothing to do with the novel in a lot of sense you know there's a lot of changes um you know but they they exist kind of separately you know whereas like rosemary's baby and the exorcist they just took those books and i mean they were a screenplay you know yeah practically and they were also successful films where people had read the books and knew what to expect and it was still i mean oscar worthy material you know, so I just think there's, I don't know, there's like an argument for both ways, you know. If anything, I hope that people see the movie and go, oh, it's a book. Well, I'll read the book, too. Yeah. I mean, that cross fingers. I don't know if that happens as much as, <laughs> as much as I dream it does, that people rush out and buy books. Um, <laughs> uh, from local bookstores. Yes, from a local <laughs> independent. Yes, it's that time of year, so support local authors when you're out buying uh, things. <laughs> buying gifties. Gift- gifties out there. 
So, but anyways, uh, back to back to Doctor Sleep. What? Uh, so you recommend it? I do recommend. Um, I funny. I saw it at the. I saw it at a drive-in. Oh, cool. Um, I saw it at a drive-in. Um, oh my gosh, I love drive-ins. And uh, we we should go. Yeah. We should go one day. Um, it's so much fun. Um, saw it at a drive-in, and it and when you go to the drive-in, at least the one in Santee, it's a double feature. So, you know, you get two movies for, like, $9. What was the other movie? Uh, Joker. Oh, weird. It was five cool. hours of, like, it was the Sunday. That's, so like, an, an intense. Yeah, it was a very intense <laughs> time. Um, and I went with uh, the gentleman I'm seeing, too. So it was, like. <laughs> gentleman. Lucky yes. you. Uh, found yes, a gentleman. I did. Uh, hi, babe. I know he listens. Um, and. <laughs> did it, you say babe or bay? Uh, I said babe. I don't okay. say babe. I'm not a Gen Z. Okay? I'm just making, I was just I'm, checking. I'm a millennial. What would you say in your, what is your generation? Generation. Say what? hey, you old fucker. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, the problem is, is that we have lots of different. Uh-huh, yes. You know, because I call him the Sam Squanch and then a million iterations of yes, it. Yeah, Squancher. Yeah, the Squancher, Squanch Magoo. You <laughs> Squanch. Know. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that. Yeah, one. the other day we were watching The Crown, so I was calling him Squanchminster Krabby. <laughs> um, he, t- he calls me Cabbage a lot. Cabbage, uh, Cabbage, um, and has for years, way before The Crown, because he always swore up and down that that is what Prince Philip called the Queen. So he th- <laughs> like a term of endearment. And, and so like, then The Crown validated that. Yeah, when he was yeah. calling her that, I'm like, oh, you were actually right. Well, at least it's they like, also are under the impression that exactly. she's called Cabbage. When <laughs> Colonel Le- when Colonel Adine comes in, yeah. because uh, you know. Philip is on the on the intercom. Oh, sweetie, sweetie, sweetie. sweetie. She, yeah, she's yeah. like, I'm not. He's like, I'm cabbage. I'm darling or cabbage. cabbage. Sweetie is not me. Sweetie, sweetie someone is someone else. else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was that was uh, amazing. So, Do, have you uh, look at that? We're taking like a weird turn. Where were we? We were talking about Doctor uh, Sleep. Doctor Sleep and at the uh, drive-in. First of all, yes. how was the sound at the drive-in? It's it's good because the car had really great speakers. So, so it comes through the radio. It comes through the okay. radio, which is totally great. Um, we, I was a little concerned that because we were running off the battery, and I was a little concerned with those four hours, you know, like five hours yeah. we were there, that it was going to be um, uh, the battery was going to die. But it was fine, you know. His his car held up great. Um, I will say that um, for Doctor Sleep specifically, uh, maybe not in the drive-in just because it's dark like it's a lot of darkness mm. and it was a pretty dark night so it yeah, was but there could be a lot of light pollution and stuff <laughs> exactly and and the thing i like about the santee one is that it's actually fairly dark in that area like there isn't street lights that are bleeding through um so maybe and you know we got there a little later so we were towards the back but maybe we should have ne- next time we'll probably go towards the front if it's something like that but yeah. um it was really good sound. Like the last time I went, and we watched it in the car. Like we didn't go. We weren't those people who like put the hitch on their trucks. Oh right, you know, right, right. We watched it in the car with the full surround, which was really great. That is cool. Yeah, I bet that. I bet that sounded really cool. Then, yeah, we. The last time I went, I saw it was um, in Ohio. That was the last time I went to a drive-in. So it's been years, uh, probably fifteen years. Uh, but we saw signs. Oh, and so Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the remake of it, they paired those because the drive-in was in the middle of a cornfield, like in the middle, you know what I mean? Like out in the middle of, you know, Ohio. It was very creepy and very fun. And we were in a uh, 
convertible, a Mustang convertible. Oh, so like the top was down. It was just really freaky. (laughs) Did you have like one of those little things, like the little, the little? No, it played on the stereo too. Okay, yeah, it was like a radio. Um, When I was a kid, I remember those though, where you'd have to pull up next to the thing, and it was just terrible. Like you know, I need to take my parents to a drive-in one day because I was telling them I was going, and they were just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like. Talking about Memories. all, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the corner of their mind, like it used to be by they used to pay by car, and we would put people in the trunk. And I was like, that sounds awful. That sounds like human trafficking. Um, but yes, it, I need to take them. Um, can we pivot to the crown? <laughs> can we go back? To oh the yes, crown? yes, we can go back to the crown. Have you finished the third season? Yes, okay. I have finished. You yeah. finished, yeah. right? Are they trying to make us feel sorry for Charles? You know, I don't know. I feel like they're going to hit us with a blow next season, you know, when he's, like, a piece of garbage. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, like, but but he's... Well, so, I guess maybe they won't get to that. Well, I think it's well, going to be when two more seasons, because the announcement was made that Imelda Staunton is going to play the queen. Um, that's not been announced. Or I that's saw... the rumor. The rumor. Netflix said there's no, like, validity to the rumor because they haven't oh. even started production. But okay. who knows? I, mean, I think that'd be, be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she put Umbridge, right? Or, or, yes. Yeah. Honestly, I would like uh, I would like Dame Judy, or uh, uh, no, Dame Helen, Helen Mirren. Dame Helen Mirren to come back. Yeah. And then she Imelda Staunton. on that. Aw. Yeah. Hel- Imelda Staunton would make a great Margaret, I think. Mm. So. But, yeah, I felt. Oh, they'll find someone. I liked Tony a lot more in this season than I did last season. Um, I thought that was really strange. Maybe it's also because I think Matthew Good, they just get him to play like any like English asshole. So <laughs> uh, it didn't have enough Helena Bottom Carter. No, did not. Yeah, I need me some more HBC. She got her two really great episodes. Yeah, though. yeah, but it was like the beginning of the season and the end of the season. I was just kind of bummed, and then they just kind of had her in to make you know a catty remark every now and then. So I was a little disappointed in that. Um, the well, the whales episode turned out to be really good because in the was it the first season? Either the first or second season had a whole episode devoted to Philip going like when he was younger at the boys' school and all that. And I just hated that episode. I was so bored by it because I don't care. I, I mean, it's yeah. like I just bleh, whatever. So I was really we really worried. don't care about Philip. Well, I just I mean to be honest, I watched The Crown because I'm very fascinated just by the way that they're playing with like you know um, women in power, you know, and, yeah. and, and and you know the dynamics of. Of the of the female characters, obviously. I mean, you know, come on. I I like the crown because I like how it plays with memory. Well, yeah, the memory in history because yeah. this is the very recent. This is the very recent past. I mean, true for the most part. You know, yeah. it's the fifties and the. 60s. I mean, I think the crown is mostly a load of bullshit. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's very fictionalized. They're kind of taken like we know these things happen, and we're just guessing at what's yeah. you know going on behind. But it's still it's a fascinating drama and a fascinating examination of yeah. of a very powerful institution, yeah. um, sort of in decline, um, especially within um, relevancy to actual modern politics. You yeah, know? absolutely. So I just, I, I find that interesting. But anyway, so when they did the whales episode, I thought, oh God, this is going to be just like that Philip one. It's going to be boring as shit. And then it turned out to be really interesting. So um, I, I actually enjoyed that episode, even though there's no, hardly any Margaret in it. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, I was like, am I, am I supposed to feel sorry for Charles? I think in general, it's really weird. It plays, it plays on that because like, I'm, I'm very anti-monarchy, obviously. I'm yes. anti, you know, most of what's going on in the world. You're the you're the Welsh tutor. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like fuck you. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of it was interesting to be watching this during this time that I've been because it's like been a really nice place to filter anger. You know, just like yeah. I fucking hate you people. Yes. I, like Philip sitting in that grand ballroom of a fucking dining room surrounded by fresh flowers and gold and gilt edge bullshit and you know oh, we're so poor and you know, we need money. It's like fuck off, yeah. you. Uh, you know, so like I can barely do. I have to. I have to. Can barely do this. Yes, we've been on the same thing for fifteen years. Over, <laughs> I was just so annoyed. You know, it's like, oh god, I hate these people. Um, you know, so but it plays with that. It's like you do also feel sorry because it's like they're you know products of an institution that was created before them, and they happen by blood to be born into it. And so there are moments like there's that whole thing with Olivia. Um, with the queen, you know, going and seeing Porchy and getting a view of what her life could have been like had she not been um, weighed down by the crone. And yeah. uh, although it took me a while to fit, because I don't know, I, I must have either stepped out to the bathroom or something. So I missed like identifying that that was Porchy. And that was the problem with this season is I had to relearn who everybody was again. And it was already <laughs> difficult enough for me. You yeah, know? exactly. And Jeffrey, you know, he's a hardcore <laughs> Anglo- Anglophile. So he's all like, you know, oh, well, that's the Duke of Edinburgh. From blah, blah. Or I guess that's actually Philip, isn't it? Um, yeah. Whatever, but you know, it was like they'd say something. I'm like, "Who the fuck is that?" And he'd be like, "Well, that's you know the queen's uncle's you know godson." Yeah, I'm like, "What?" You know, like he knows who all these that's people Martin are. That's Martin Charteris, right? That's clearly that's, that's Michael yeah. Dean. You know, so and so and that was like the first two seasons. So it's like I just got a hold of like who everybody was, and they changed all of them. So when she's hanging out with that guy, we're sitting there, and I'm like watching the episode. And it's going and going and going. And then finally, like, there came a moment towards the end where she called him Porchy or Porchester or something. And I was like, that's Porchy? And just like, where the fuck have you been? I'm like, I don't know. I just, because they changed every fucking body. Well, I just think, I. Except I, Lithgow. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Except for him, because then, you know, he's, because uh, he was already decrepit. He was already a decrepit. Yeah, who the before. hell are they going to get to play him? Um <laughs> Which like scene stealer where he's just you know oh, yeah just, he just there. chews it up he and he and Helena I I have to say that like the porch this porchy was like a more svelte porchy than mm. than uh, from the last two seasons but I love that like anytime they want to show how she would have been if she had not been ascended to the throne it's always like they just wheel in porchy yeah like, <laughs> exactly yeah throw on a horse farm somewhere exactly she's you know. like oh I could have been so hippie. But like it's so hippie that with was you, insane that like you are the you are the sovereign of a constitutional monarchy. But let's just take a month off to go look at horses. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I did love that Tywin Lannister came back and <laughs> was trying to fuck everyone. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, I yeah, it's very very fascinating uh, the show, and I I love it because I love to hate the people in it, so it's fun. So, so I, maybe I'll have to ask uh, Squatcher about this. But if if Dicky Lord Mountbatten is the Queen's second cousin, and he is Charles's or he is Philip's uncle, then incest <laughs> is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Some sort of royal monarchy incest is happening, right? Yeah. If a man gets in a rowboat going. <laughs> 20 miles Shut up. an hour, and the current is moving 40 miles. <laughs> That's how I constantly feel watching this, because I'm always trying to figure out who the hell people are. Yes, they're all, it's all incest. Yeah, okay. Like the cousin, they're like, or the uh, the queen and Philip are like second cousins or something, aren't they? 
Yeah, because if because it's like the queen's second cousin oh, that's is Lord Mountbatten, but Lord right. Mountbatten is the brother of Princess Alice, yeah. who is you know. Yeah. No, it's who was in Footloose with Kevin Bacon. So boom! Look at that. Um, a breakout star of the crown. Them with, in anything with Michael Keaton, we could Beetlejuice this too oh. for Brian of Horror Movie Night. <laughs> you could get there with Helena Bottom Carter. You really could. That's true because you could probably get there. Tim Burton. Yeah. Boom. Who she does not want to discuss. She doesn't want to talk about him anymore. <laughs> uh, breakout star was uh, Princess Anne. <gasps> she's the best, and she's like all she has to do is. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. A bit of fun. Sorry, mommy. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I really liked her. Jeffrey like almost fell out of his chair because he was like, <laughs> she looks just like her. She so looks then we looked exactly, up pictures. It's like, yeah. damn, you know. And just her whole life. She has, like, forehead. And then, like, when they introduce her and she's, like, r- walking with her, like, riding boots, yeah. I was like, there's our future Olympian right there. Yeah. Future Olympic silver medalist right there. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. So, um, I don't, this, well, it's related to horror. And the, uh, the, the British monarchy is uh, responsible for genocide and horror in the world. So, it's okay. We can link this in. This is, a, this is like, a history Yes, this is, this is you know horror history. Horror history. Uh, <laughs> their behavior. We have a has lot to catch up on. Countless things, yeah. you know. We don't have drag right now. There's no drag. I watched the UK drag. I did not watch the UK drag. Yeah, I, it was thoroughly enjoyable. Okay, yeah. it's hard to tell sometimes what they're saying, so I recommend you know with the subtitles. Well, because they're all they're from all kinds of different places, and mm-hmm. so there's like fifty different accents going on in Nine Queens. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so it's like it was hard to like you know sometimes you know, but it's quotable as shit. There's definitely moments <laughs> where I'm like, oh my god, write that down. <laughs> yeah, it was it was enjoyable. Yeah, I watched it over, um, I was getting together with a coworker who had WoW Presents Plus. But then I found out you could get it for like 30 days trial for free, so I got that anyways. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, and I've already kind of went watched everything on it, so I might have to cancel it and <laughs> get it again when there's a new, you know. It's just, I don't know, there's a lot of garbage on there. There is a whole, like, documentary series of behind the scenes of the Work the World Tour that is pretty cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'd recommend that for you because you enjoy the queens. Um, I do enjoy and it's like a it touring queen. And it focuses on each one. So it's like Valentina gets an episode and um, Sharon Needles and Latrice Royale and Detox and it's just all of them, like nine or ten of them. Alyssa Edwards, uh, Shangela, obviously, who co-produced the tour. She's Ooh. like this boss you know besides the whatever his name is get a check hallelujah i know right good for her what are you watching on disney plus uh nothing except the mandalorian (laughs) uh yeah uh, you know i it's it's so funny i'm playing this game of like what disney film have i never seen that i can fall asleep to in 20 minutes (laughs) uh so yeah i've been going through it it's funny because it's still learning me you know so it's like offering me you know stuff i'm like i would never fucking watch that um (laughs) We did. We're. I'm trying to uh, get caught up on the Star Wars movies because I've seen the originals, and then I saw the Phantom Menace, and then that was it. Besides, like the new trilogy, so I haven't seen you Attack, didn't of, the see Clones Attack and of the Clones, Revenge the, of the Sith, Revenge of the Sith. Okay, yeah, I didn't <gasps> see either of those. Okay, so I watched rewatched the Phantom Menace just to you know kind of remind myself of what happened in that and the Midichlorians and all that. Right, and the. Uh, Fantastic fashions of Queen Amidala. Um, yes. Who I, I mean, if I could, I would just be inspired by her. Just wear some long robes and weird hair. Yes. Um, Your makeup with the one red yes, lip. Yes, I love line. it. It's wonderful. Uh, but 
yeah, so I'm trying to get the time, like, you know, to watch it, you know, just mm-hmm. watch the other two movies so that I'm kind of finally all caught up, you know, in, in, uh, on the Star Wars stuff. Uh, enjoying The Mandalorian. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Firefly in a way because oh, okay. it's just sort of like, you know, it's episodic and, you know, his adventures. And, of course, uh, the child is hysterical and an endless source of memeage and fun do what are you watching or no um no i'm not watching oh, the Mandalorian. Okay. but okay. the child is the baby yoda yes okay yeah the subtitles it's always the child coos the child <laughs>, laughs so i'm calling him the child uh but he's endlessly entertaining he looks a lot like my cats um he does so it's very entertaining especially to push their little ears to the side and then they look just like him uh and he's just every time he comes it's like he had like the um uh, the novelty is not wore off. Like, we got together last night to watch the latest episode with a couple friends. And just every time he shows up on screen, it's just, you just start laughing or, oh, or everything he does. It's just, it's not wearing off. He's still cute as fuck. Um, I started watching Encore with Kristen, with Kristen Bell. Um, it's a reality show. That was a 360. Yes. A, a reality <laughs> Changing. It's a reality show about... Um, a group, it, they basically take a bunch of people who performed a musical in high school and then they make them perform it again uh, when they're like grown ass adults. I've had like a nightmare like that. <laughs> so the first episode takes is uh, it's like a group of people who back in the 90s were at Santana High School, which is here in San Diego County in Santee, and they're performing their, they're performing Annie again. And you quickly realize that there's a lot of unhealed wounds. So is it all about them over the season, or does it change each episode? It's, every episode is a different cast. It's a different musical, different mm. place. But in the first one, they like all get together, and they talk about what they've been doing since. And but you haven't seen Waiting for Guffman. It's very... No, I have not, but I've been told that it has a lot of yeah. Waiting for Guffman feels. Yeah, because that's kind of what, like, community theater in general. It's great, because, like, the, yeah. the di- their director comes in, and she's like, hi, I'm so-and-so. You know, I, I, you know, I recently, I directed the, you know, whatever revival of Ragtime, and, you know, I was nominated for a Tony. I'm like, oh, God, Joshua would love this. So, there you go. All right, well, something we'll, for you to watch. I, yeah, I will have to check it out. Didn't I thought Matt from Horror Movie Night posted about that? Oh yeah, he, yeah I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He really was enjoying it. So, and then of course I had to watch one of my more obscure uh, Disney films right away, which is uh, the sequel to Aladdin, straight to video sequel to Aladdin called The Return of Return of Jafar. Of Jafar. I and, do remember that, and I I can't believe I still remember the words to a lot of those songs. <laughs> Aladdin was actually the first thing I watched on it um, once we downloaded it and was kind of looking through it. So, I again, I watched about 20 minutes of it, and then I woke up. And I'm going to have to introduce you to a couple of, like, quote-unquote scary movies from the Disney Channel original movie canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe I'll do that for All you right. later. We'll review those. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we just need to start a whole new show, and it'll be... Um, Joe, show, Joe shows Joshua Disney stuff. It'll be uh, yeah. extra delectable Patreon content like or something. Mouseketeer College or something. I don't know what you call it. But anyways. Um, <laughs> exactly. It's the Disney after school program. Right. Of exactly. Yeah. 
Um, exactly. Uh, because yeah, there's so much on there that I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, I don't even know. I don't recognize any of these movies, you know? I mean, I, you know, I remember the big ones in the nineties cause I do, there's a couple Disney films, I, films I love the Lion King, the little mermaid. I think I've said that before on the show, you know, so they're on there. Um, Beauty and the Beast. I have seen Beauty and the Beast. Um, and Aladdin I had seen before as a kid. I've even seen Return of Jafar. Have you seen, um, Aladdin and the, and the King of Thieves? No. Okay, which that's the trip. That's the, the third film, in the in the trilogy. Is that where Robin Williams comes back? Robin Williams does come back. Yeah, because he didn't. No, in he Jafar. and and the th- the thing is, is that you you can hear in especially in Jasmine's voice and in uh, the genie's voice that they are not the original actors. Right. Um, and then you know the 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 kind of complicated racial politics of having Jason Alexander play a character named Abismal. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. No. There's lots. Of, yeah. Exactly. Lots of problematic things. It's so funny that they were talking about Disney putting like a um, like a warning on some of their older films from like the 40s and 50s. I'm like, um, you could put that on the 90s as well. Yeah. And now. <laughs> There should be lots of warnings on Disney films uh, about uh, uh, problematic content. Yeah, but regardless, uh, yeah, we we d- I bought it because I knew Jeffrey could not survive without seeing The Mandalorian. He could not be left out. Um, and then they have all the other Star Wars content that he loves. So seven dollars a month to make him feel like a twelve-year-old boy is not um, it's not too high a cost. No, you know? it's a price I'm willing to pay. Yes, you know to to make him happy. And Disney and Disney is horrifying in many ways. So there we go. We it linked is. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Star Wars has lots of cool, creepy things. So yeah. I enjoy. I enjoy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, um, you know, I just I haven't been over the last few weeks. You know, it's just TV, movies. Everything is kind of dangerous. You know, the world, just because of you know. I, I, I keep finding myself like bursting into tears over episodes of the golden girls. So I have to be careful <laughs> about like what I watch, <laughs> you know? So it's been a weird time, you know, like, like I said, I've either, it's either been like the crown to channel like rage or the Mandalorian or like drag race. Um, although drag race had a whole episode where they had, they brought in a couple of the moms of the drag Queens to like Aww. do a makeover, you know? And I was like, Oh shit. And I was at like, I was with my coworker, his partner and then their friend. And I thought, Oh my God, I cannot like have like an emotional breakdown watching this episode with them, you know? Um, so I kind of like steeled myself against it, but then it was so awkward. And like, cause one of the moms kind of reminded me of my mom and some of like, you know, she was like, just some of the behaviors. And I thought, Oh God, this is going to be like one of those moments where it like mirrors our relationship and I'm just going to be very upset and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, it didn't. Oh, it got good. really kind of awkward between them. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. This is not giving me those sort of like, you know, miss my mom feels. Because it wasn't. You know, it was just very a strange interaction. Uh, you know, so. But in general, it's like been hard to like watch certain things, you know. Mm-hmm. or And like horror, definitely. There's been a few times where it's like, oh, I want to watch something. And then it's like I have memories of like watching it together. or do, You know. So it's just been, it's been a weird it's been a weird time. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had that lovely day where we watched Heather's and Jawbreaker. Yes, we did. That was did. a very nice time. We just like, you know, I was like, oh, this is what I miss. I just miss hanging out. Yeah. And so we watched what? Heather's, Jawbreaker, yeah. Urban Legend. Urban Legend. That's right. It was a fun day. Yeah, that was that yeah. was a really that was a really fun day. Yeah, yeah. And it was nice with you and um, our, our sometimes uh, 
Fright School correspondent Ashley. Yes. Joining us. Um, I'm going to have next weekend, I'm having a like a beauty day with a friend, and we're going to watch um, Drop Dead Gorgeous. She's never seen of course. it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be fun. We're going to do facials and stuff. I've, um, I've recently spent a uh, an enormous amount of money on uh, Madonna's skincare line. Oh, with the magnets? <laughs> the MDNA. So I'm looking forward to trying it all out. Is it going to make you look like Madonna? Um, I hope not, because, <laughs> no. Uh, she walked right past us at the concert, because she exited through the theater. Which, um, by the way, Joshua did go see Madame X. I did. Uh, it was fantastic. It really, really was. Um, uh, yeah, we kind of talked a little bit about it. So now it's like I can't remember what I said already. But it was. It was It was great. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Madonna anyways. Uh, but even I was a little, like, hesitant about, like, a theater show. Because, you know, we've usually seen her in arenas, 20,000, 30,000 people, being a big spectacle, moving parts and all that. Well, she managed to still have all of that in an 1,800-seat theater. You wow. know, the... the just everything kept changing and moving and tons of dancers. And I mean, the stage, it was just amazing. The use of the space. Uh, but yeah, she walked right past us and I was like, you know, looking at her, I was like, wow, she does really look fantastic, you know, up close still. So great. Yeah. I mean, not that it, you know, should matter necessarily, but it matters to her, you know, and she uses, you know, these skincare products along with, you know, having $800 million. Uh, (laughs) So I was like, fuck it, my birthday's coming and I want to try it out. So we'll see. So there we uh, go. So we're going to have like a facial day and watch Drop Dead Gorgeous. And maybe I might rewatch one of those others. Um, Can't remember. I don't think she's seen Jawbreaker either. And I think she'd enjoy that. Yeah. I think she would. So we're going to have like a self care day. Yes. (laughs) Hashtag. 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 Yes. Um, oh my gosh, should we like get on with it to the actual episode now? Let's We've do been talking it. forever. <laughs> we'll put a disclaimer in the notes. It's like you can catch up with us, it's an hour in. Right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I'm very, very excited. Um, I, you know, again, we're a little behind schedule. So we had planned for November. But we hope you can appreciate. <laughs> right. Uh, we're, we're still trying to give you good content. But so um, originally we were going to start this new unit all about natural horror, you know, when animals attack back, when nature, you know, attacks back. And so uh, I, I thought we would do it throughout November because obviously with Thanksgiving and the whole thing, it just seemed like a good time to, um, to, to discuss that. But we're just pushing it back. We're going to start that in December. We'll still have a scary Christmas episode. Yeah, We'll still do some holiday content for your your, your balls. We do have uh, the remake of Black Christmas coming out. Yes. So I'm hoping that we'll do a a proper field trip on that one. We definitely will. I am not uh, planning on seeing that without you. So That'll be our little holiday treat. I still need to watch the remake with Michelle Trachtenberg. Oh, yeah. I showed it last year at um, my scary Christmas party, but you weren't here. I was with my family. You were with your family. I was with the other horror family. Yes. Uh, But anyway, so, yeah, we're very excited to have back in the studio with us uh, Jacqueline Chesson. She is helping us kick off... You just looked at me weird. I'm right, aren't I? No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, did we record something else? And I'm like, yeah, it's like, uh, but we're kicking off our uh, natural horror uh, section of the show uh, with Jaws and the very lovely Jacqueline Chesson. So uh, stick around. So we'll be right back after these messages. We're back! <laughs> I 
just want to apologize. I'm sorry to everyone. I was very naive and very stupid, and I shouldn't have put other people in danger. I am so sorry for everything that has happened, because in spite of what Joshua says, it's now all my fault. I insisted our listeners subscribe to Fright School on Apple Podcasts. I insisted they leave us reviews. I insisted that they give us a five-star rating. And it's all because of me that we're here now and we're being hunted. I love you, Mom and Dad. I am so sorry. I only wanted to make good content for our listeners. I'm so scared. I'm going to die out here. Joshua, is that you? So uh, we're so happy to again have with us uh, the lovely Jacqueline Chesson. Hello. Uh, we are going to uh, talk all about uh, 1975's Jaws, directed by uh, the, oh, what's a good word now for Steven Spielberg? Uh, the Obscure. <laughs> the Obscure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the totally unknown. The unknown, this future legend. Wait, who, who directed it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think his name is <laughs> Stefan. Right. <laughs> Stefan Spielberg. Yes. <laughs> I think it's how you say it. No. Um, yeah. So, I mean, come on. This is just an insidious uh, cultural touchstone here about a man-eating great white shark attacking beachgoers. Although, you know, the real villain in this is that damn mayor. But anyways, we'll but get we'll, into we'll that. We'll get to that. We'll we talk about that. We'll get to the mayor. Um, Joe, as always, we start with... Uh, What'd you think of Jaws? What'd so you I think? I never seen Jaws. I think the yeah. closest thing to a shark movie that I ever seen was uh, Happy Days: The Literal Jumping of the Shark <laughs> episode uh, <laughs> on Naked Night. This actually shocked me because this is like considered one of the greatest films ever made, according uh, to its Wikipedia article, um, which Steven Spielberg may be uh, <laughs> editing. Uh, but no, I mean it's in the Library of Congress. It's this, you know, obviously um, one of the highest-grossing films uh, until. Uh, Star Wars, I guess, came out in 1977. Uh, so, you know, I, I figured you had seen this before. I was, I was really shocked by that. Never seen it. Well, I also, like, I'm from Guam. I'm from an island. There, like, we are from an actual island. Are there sharks there? There are, there are, there are sharks there. Funny, I, when I was there in 2000, in October 2018, I went on a fishing trip with my brother-in-law um, because he's an outdoorsman and I am not. <laughs> I like what? what is what does she say in uh in, outdoorsy in, as I am. In Inglorious <laughs> Bastard is like I like ordering in restaurants. Like I, I so right. uh, to spend time with him we went fishing and I caught a shark. I Ooh. will I'll post it on our at our um, Oh my gosh, you on our should. Instagram this is but amazing. I caught a black tip shark and the first thing that I did was I took my phone out and I was like black tip shark endangered species list question mark and just to make sure I wasn't gonna get like 
I was wasn't <laughs> so committing a crime. Like yeah. so, we're not we're, we're committing a crime, but yeah. it is uh, definitely we we definitely um, were conscious of it because it was one of those uh, the black tip shark is uh, not endangered, but it's threatened because it's the shark that they use for shark fin soup. Oh. Uh, um, so like we. Uh, I caught it, and um, I left before uh, it was turned into soup. But I was told so you didn't even I was get told to it was delicious. I was say you the didn't fruits even of your labor. I didn't even get to eat. I didn't even get to eat it. But this is. But that's the thing is that I don't think I. I think I just avoided it because I was like, I don't really need to know that. Like I was gonna I say, would you have gone on that fishing trip <laughs> after? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm already. I already live on an island, and people are just like, like you know, you're already there. There's a lot of stuff keeping you on the island already. Uh, external forces. Sharks, yeah, we don't need to. But, I mean, we never really worried about sharks growing up. We always worried in the beaches that we swam, it was always uh, jellyfish. Jellyfish oh. and oh, yeah. stonefish that um, are camouflaged but have, like, that can release toxins when you step on them with your bare feet. So Can you can you pee on, on those wounds as well to you stop the sting? You can, but... It doesn't really do anything. It doesn't <laughs> you like like pee it'll, on your friend. It'll <laughs> help you for a little bit, but you should still go. You should still, still, see, go to still seek treatment. Right. <laughs> But yeah, so like I never watched it, and I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed it, and I was actually kind of surprised because I don't technically, I don't, I don't tend to enjoy, um, like the the films pre nineteen eighties. Like those are all, like I, I don't know what it is. Like I I have a hard time with with some of it, but like for this particular one, I was just like, I was I, I was engaged the entire time, and I I thought this was a great choice and a nice way to kind of end our summer. Um, yeah, it's a great summer movie, and especially at the end, end yes, of summer. Yes, <laughs> and and entirely like entirely justified in like people who have like are afraid of the water and everything. Um, entirely like I completely understand that because if I was in the theaters and I saw this, I would not want to go swimming either. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, how did you come to uh, yeah. to Jaws? So Jaws, um, I thought it was a fun pick because. Um, when I made Shock Attack, my movie, I, I went back to Jaws to watch it for research, and I ended up watching it a bunch, and it, it was so much fun to watch that and, you know, throw a couple little things into to my movie that, you know, little nods to it. But, but yeah, when I, when I watched it again, um, and watching it this time again, I just, it holds up so well compared mm -hmm. to a lot of other movies that are made around that time period. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really does. And, you know, <laughs> I have to say that if it's not John Williams, if it's not for his score, if it's not for mm. the shark's theme, like I if you take it, I, I, t I started kind of picturing what it would be like to watch those shots of like, you know, something in the water without the, without the iconic theme in the background. And I'm like, yeah, it would be completely boring because this is, there's no tension being created. You can just, you don't even see the, the monster, the villain, the, the creature until m more than halfway through the film. Mm -hmm. And then you have like, you know all of this hints at it but yeah. just through the musical cues it, just through the musical cues mm -hmm. and then you have these beautiful like <laughs> adventurous flourishes when they're when they're on the they're on their hunt and they're like, chasing after uh, chasing after jaws and it's just so fascinating like how like oh wow like i this is definitely the man who wrote et this is the man who wrote like in the indiana jones score but like and, and it just for me it was having a hard Star time Wars. Star Wars yeah. and like it was just I mean it's iconic it yeah. was just having this hard time too with it where I'm like I know that this is a horror film but like it's so bright and fun and adventurous in these moments with the music which is what it's supposed to be because they're on the water and the hunt but um, 
Yeah. But yeah, it, it, the, the music really made it really is its own character. The the music and I noticed this time watching it the sound design. Mm-hmm. I don't know yes. if you noticed but like they play up all like especially in the beginning those crowd scenes or like whenever there's people around, you always hear the people and their conversations in the background even when the main characters are talking. Yeah. And uh, it, there's true. something about it so loud in the beginning, like so many voices in your head that then when you go to the water stuff, it's so quiet. Yeah. Yeah, Be- that's a very good point. Yeah, when they're um the after the after the, at- the the second attack with the little boy mm-hmm. and then all of like the town council better the business bureaus are all the business owners are in the in that meeting and they're just talking about like you know th- you can hear all of the conversations yeah. that they're having um and it's just like wow like that's a lot of that's a lot of that texture that you you we don't really get even now with some yeah. with some yeah, modern no. films yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Because like I, you can you. It's like I learned. I I knew everything I needed to know about that one woman who, is who when they were on the beach, she was just like you know, oh you're not an islander, you're not an mm. islander because you're not from here, <laughs> you're not yeah. you're not from here. And then like cut to her later being like, are you gonna close the beach or not? I need to know my motel and. Yeah. It's right. There's so many conver- there's so mu- much of the story that's told in these like background conversations that I just never noticed before until this viewing of it. Like yeah. that it was just like there if you go back and listen to all those conversations happening in the background even when he's talking to his wife or when he's walking, you know, along and they're making their plan, you still hear all these other conversations behind it, which I found really interesting because yeah, you never you never really hear that. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting that almost gives I guess, you know, a little bit more like the mayor, like the decisions that he's making, I guess, you know, gives it a little bit more weight because of all these, you know, all these people truly are concerned about like feeding their families and, you know, they depend on this tourist, you know, stuff. You know, I'm sure there are people here in San Diego where like we're excited when the tourist season (laughs) ends, you know, we're like, oh, finally, you know, I mean, it's not like it's a big, huge difference, but there are people that depend on that. So, you know, I guess. Still, I hate him, yeah. but I'm just saying <laughs> well, that, that it, you know because there's all there's that pressure constantly. All, all these people are talking, yeah. Yeah. yeah, behind you. And as someone who like used to work in uh, like the hotel hospitality industry here, yeah, I can like it is it's definitely one of those things where you're you're balancing you're balancing uh, the like okay the visitors that are coming in, yeah. but at the same time like you know you also are a local, so like you just you have a different version of summer because it's like I don't yeah. really go to the beach uh-huh. in the summer. I go to the beach when it's still warm on in like October or <laughs> yeah. like, you know, two weeks after the summer ends in like mid-September. I, you know, that's that's when I go because I know that it's not going to be, it's going to be quieter. It's not going to be as many people. Yeah, or when it's like cold and windy and you know nobody's going to be out there so exactly. you can enjoy it. Yeah. A- exactly. But like you, and that's the other thing is that you just, you have like a different, it's a different version of what you consider home and and how you experience those things that the other people experience because when in that scene in 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 the film where it's the fourth of july and then like these fairies come in and it's like hordes of people <laughs> i was just like this seemed nuts like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah, again like with uh when you're talking about the mayor it's like knowing that those people are going to show up no matter what and all of them are coming to be in the water mm-hmm. and we can't be in the water like you you know i I don't envy that decision, but at the same time, you know, people died. So <laughs> yeah, 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 and are continuing to, to and die. are continuing. You to can't die. deny it anymore. <laughs> <It's> like, oh. 
Um, so Jaws is so we're we're using this to kick off a a section of uh, of fright school with uh, what's known as natural horror. So stuff that involves either like animals or we've seen like with plants, like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes <laughs> or Day of the yes. Triffids. Um, you know, so but we're gonna focus exclusively on animal horror for the next uh, few episodes. And um, so uh, obviously you're drawn to this. You made a creature feature, as these uh, yes, are also sometimes known. So. Um, why else? Like you know, because we always when we r- reach out and have somebody come on as 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 a guest lecturer, as as a substitute professor, um, you know, w- pick something, pick something you like. So why Jaws? Um, Besides, you know, like the influence. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. It just. I thought it would just be uh, a really fun one. Um, there's a lot of shark movies out there now, especially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we got them in tornadoes. We got them right. all over the place. But yeah. this one is still. <laughs> yes. All of them. It's like all of them. I, it's so fun to go back and revisit kind of the the big main one that kind of kicked off a whole. I mean, sharks are just really in right now. They're really <laughs> big. But it's like I just I love this movie. I always go back to it. Definitely around summertime. I think it's really fun to kind of go back and watch it. Um, Do you remember the first time you saw it? Oh, I don't remember how old I was, but I was I was definitely much younger. Yeah, but I wasn't one of those kids who saw it like really early, um, and then didn't go into the water. It's probably good that I didn't see it <laughs> at a very young age because I wouldn't go into the water. Um, but yeah, I just I love this movie. I feel like the the sound design, the music, the cinematography, like everything about it, and you know, just kind of it does feel like a just kind of a fun adventure flick too. It's you know, it's just. You don't have to think too much about it, you know. Um, it's just kind of a fun movie, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's definitely, like, I see this as, like, okay, if someone wanted to do, needed some, like, I wanted to show them a horror film, and they're like, oh, but it's Jaws. I'm like, yeah, it's a horror film. Like, it's, <laughs> like, you know, slap your palatable suspense thriller thing on it but at the end of the day like it's you know, a horror movie it's, it's horrifying a it's woman yeah. loses terrifying. her child yeah. you know i mean people die people are, in it. people's this body parts are floating in the ocean yeah that scene with the leg i had forgotten i feel yeah. like i you know i probably this is, may have been the first time i actually really sat down and watched jaws from beginning to the uh, from the beginning to the end unedited um i'm pretty sure i only ever saw it when it was like played you know uh, you know, on during TV the summer on television, yeah. heavily edited. So I never realized how like graphic it was, like yeah. that leg floating in the <laughs> falling down to the yeah, ocean yeah. Floor. That really yeah. kind of shocked me. I was like, oh wow, I don't remember that in this. You know, which is funny because the Texas Chainsaw Massacre does not feature anything like that. There's like a little blood that's like splattered, but there's no yeah. like it, it, the original '70s version, I should say. You know, the 1974. Not yeah. Nothing yeah. like that is in is in that movie. You no, know, it hints at it. Yeah. But here's Jaws, which people would go, "Oh, that's not a horror movie." Like, oh, there's uh, more blood and leg in there. In there. Jaws, yeah, yeah, that shark everywhere, is like, frightening. Yeah, first yeah. time traps. Terrifying. <laughs> it's <like> <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun because I feel like Jaws is one of those that people often forget about mm. in the horror world yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, and it's just I. It's just always been one of my favorites. So yeah, well, you know, and it's it's interesting because that's such like a uh, a perfect like breeding ground for horror is like you know the natural world. I think of like you know obviously like Hitchcock, the birds, um, you know, being 
you know, that was a pretty successful, <laughs> you know, horror film that nowadays maybe somebody wouldn't think about. But I mean, if all the birds outside just decided to like oh, start attacking, I think attacking about it all the time. When you see like a bunch of those crows or ravens around you, you're just like, hmm, yeah, I have flashbacks to the birds. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. like it's a very like tangible kind of threat if yeah. that you know were to happen. So again, so another folksy story from from my homeland, right? So. Uh, Back in the 40s, uh, an invasive species of brown tree snake was brought to the island from a ship and uh, basically wiped out like a lot of the na native bird population. So when I grew up, I didn't really grow up with birds. And then I come here and like I see birds everywhere and I get kind of freaked out because I'm just like <laughs> not used to birds and especially going to the beach and seeing like oh seagulls come seagulls, right up to you man, yeah. yeah you know these and they're very yeah and they're very comfortable super, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so i'm just like wow it's like i'm a little i'm a little shocked uh so i'm not saying that like when you i finally watch the birds i'm gonna be like even more traumatized but like i get that it's just like not be not experiencing it and seeing like it all around you and yeah, and so I just wanted to yeah. add another folksy tale. No, <laughs> hey, we love. Hey, you know that's great. You're tying that in your experience, Joe. You're humanizing yourself there. Um, so <laughs> with, <laughs> thank you, Josh. I don't know. Uh, with uh, with this film, it's like it's another fun, um, another fun horror trope that we talked about a little bit in Bird Box, uh, where it's uh, the white the white douche in the suit uh, <laughs> who come in and they're just you know messing everything up. So that scene where. Um, immediately Chief Brody's going out to, you know, buy signs and, like, is going to shut the beaches down. And then, like, you know, these four men in suits come and they're just like, well, now, now, don't, don't be doing that because our money, 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 we don't got no money now. And Yeah, they even get the coroner to, like, change, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, clearly this <laughs> woman was eaten by a shark. Oh, was like, oh, or maybe not. Or maybe not. And then he, like, goes <laughs> off to the end of the ferry and just kind of stands backwards, like, I'm going to lie <laughs> yeah. and then stand over here and not face you anymore because I can't handle that I'm lying right now. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it's very much douche in a suit, just like, yes. yeah, but money. But money, but uh, oh, this time it was like, but people's livelihoods. Yeah. But these families that live here are, you know, they're, what are we going to do about that? And I'm like, well, if you don't address it, <laughs> if, if people get eaten, then they'll never come back. Yeah. Like well, and I just kept thinking about, too, is all those people, it was like once the shark was out and they were like, money, you get a reward if you catch the shark. There were, it was like the gold rush of shark yeah. hunters. And it was just like all those people are booking hotels and buying food. I'm like, so you kind of still have that anyway without having to open up the beaches. I mean, yeah, you might not be the next big spring break place. Exactly. But but again, it's also that like at that time, it's just like that respectability thing, right? Like we don't want to be known as the town where people can hunt sharks. Whereas now, like, oh my gosh, like there's a whole, <laughs> there's like a whole subplot of of a Los Spookies episode where it's like we're the town with the sea monster. Like we, <laughs> we, you capitalize yeah. on the crazy. You Everyone learned to capitalize <laughs> on on like, oh yeah, yeah, our hotel's haunted. Come on down. Like, yeah. It, Do you, you want to see it? Like yeah. we would love to show you our haunted hotel, and you know, for three, you know. Three hundred dollars and ninety-nine right. cents a night, or yeah, but it's like it's just it's that whole thing where it's like you know, well, amity means friends, you know, amity means friendship, and I'm like, yeah, you're in in trying to preserve this like pristine image of your of your idyllic you know seaside town, island town, 
like you are also killing it because yeah you're putting real lives in danger you're putting real lives yeah, in danger yeah. and and then like you know he kind of humanizes himself when they're in the in the hospital and he's like it was my family on that beach too and i'm like yeah but you obviously didn't care yeah you, i know <laughs> I, that was so funny it's like little you late really yeah. didn't care that your family was on the beach until right then he like had to see the shark before he believed it or something. But yeah, he he needed to see the Absolutely. people running away or see how much like because uh, initially it's the, you know the prank by the two kids and you you had to see it for himself like oh this is like a real thing I can't just you know I can't back down from this. I'm like there's a hole in the boat. Do you really need to see the one little tooth? Like there's a yeah. massive hole in a boat that looks like a big bite mark. Oh yeah, that whole thing. Yeah. That yeah, that there's a man's head flying around like. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, <laughs> yeah. That was pretty gruesome. It was yeah. super With his uh, eyeball. And I read something that they shot that part that where the, the head pops out. They actually shot it at the editor's home, like in her pool. Yes. Because Steven Spielberg, he wasn't happy with what they had. Yeah. So they did a quick little reshoot in her pool in Van Nuys. Yeah, filled it with powdered milk or something. Yeah, like yeah. did something, you know, to make the water look, you know, the right consistency I yeah. don't know you I know, always that, love uh, the, the that kind of stuff you know like that's why I love Evil Dead and, and stuff like that too is I just always loved hearing those behind the scenes stories where it's like okay well let's make this work let's go shoot this in a pool you know? yeah yeah well see and that's kind of what you know when when we had you on uh previously to chat it's like you know when you yeah like working in if you're going to do something on the water, like, yeah, is that your option then if you need to do reshoots or, or you need to do something like, oh, we'll just find somebody's pool and <laughs> fuck it up. Fill it with, like, <laughs> fill, it with some milk. fill it with milk or, you know, pour a bunch of algae in it or whatever. I don't know. You know, it's like, what, what, do, you, what do you do when you got to, you know, make it make it work? <laughs> yep. um, yeah. So I, I, I was going to say I'm like this. It's so uh, I loved the unhinged. Uh, Richard Dreyfus character, <laughs> like oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I was just like, I don't know what to make. Like with Quinn, you know, I I know what to make of that. But with Richard Dreyfus, that I had Ahab, no like yeah, just like Ahab complex. Like I have no like, but with him, I had no idea. Like, are you a thrill seeker? Are you obviously like really rich? So you can, <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> when he's like, well, how much do I have, or how much does the whole family have? I'm like, <laughs> like I love this because <laughs> it was. It, it also wasn't like this, like kind of like. In, in films, it's like he would be like the second to last person to die mm -hmm. or because he's like, you know, sniveling for whatever reason or and there was no like I thought he had like a nefarious backstory like he wanted to like he wanted the shark to kill people. But it, that like that surprised me that he was like, no, I'm definitely like it's going to be the three of us. And we're now this like, you know, triumvirate that's going to yeah, go. He's 100 percent for any he, for he, stopping. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting because that's not where I initially saw it going. Um, and that yeah. surprised me. But his whole portrayal of it was just like, <laughs> it was like, I'm here for this. I'm here for, I wasn't necessarily on board for Chief Brody, but like when he came in and Mr. Hooper came out, I'm like, yes, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of, you know, so different, um, analyses that we can talk about with this movie. So I do, I want to come back to that, the three guys, definitely. But, um, mm -hmm. real quick, I thought this was interesting in reading that, um, ideologically the film came out like right after like Watergate that was still very fresh mm -hmm. in people's mind like the scandal of it and this idea that you know something is as um what do you want to say like like the presidency like it's it's such a um an important institution and that good people would be president they wouldn't be doing bad things I know this isn't complete insanity now you know the 
<laughs> you know, but at what? one time, people. Presidents do bad things. <laughs> right? <What? laughs> exactly. You know, but this idea that that really crushed so many people, you know, like that, 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 like that Nixon was involved in, and then that it was this huge conspiracy and that it was, it was real. You know, it wasn't just made up by people that were enemies of Nixon, you know, or, or whatnot, but that, that this was, you know, something real. So in, in Jaws, you have like the, the, this community coming together and, and stopping this, you know, this invading creature, this thing that is destroying their, like, the, the idyllic town that you talked about. Like, and we're all friendship and love here, and you're coming in with this, you know, I just, I thought that was kind of an interesting, um, just, you know, to kind of set it in, like we talked about, like, cultural anxiety, you know, to set it in, in, in the 70s in this aftermath of, of um, Watergate and having so much trust uh destroyed you know at yeah. least mm -hmm. for some people maybe. there's nothing plenty safe. of other people were nothing like, is safe <laughs> nothing is sacred like, yeah summer is for fun and playtime and like no no this is another horror film in broad daylight yeah you yeah. know this yeah. this thing is attacking people without 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 you know having the decency to do it at night you know <laughs> <laughs> um so I, I thought that was kind of a very interesting you know just positioning of jaws that it's you know a after this and that yeah there's this whole attack on you know what uh, what otherwise seems like an idyllic life um, at least for all the white people in the movie, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the white people and the strong males. Um, the other thing I I read to sort to analyze the movie is to go back to like where you're talking about the three guys. You know, you have like the the wealthy guy, you have like you know the middle class man, the every man, the you know represented in the sheriff, and then um, shoot, I forgot his name again, Quinn. Uh, Quinn. Yeah. Quinn. Uh, as oh um, no, Chief Brody is the sheriff. Is right, the is the sheriff, and yeah. then the the third guy, that the Ahab like guy, <laughs> um, he's very, he's kind of like the lower working class sort of person who's closer to the shark, because so it's like an idea of like the shark represents this like unbridled, primal masculinity, and so they're fighting to stay. Um, cultured and civilized against this this force so thoughts on that <laughs> so because then i want to i want to pivot to to another thing that i read in the, in the same article about gender but first let's discuss that a little bit uh, well that's a <laughs> that's really interesting i mean that's not anything i i would have i was thinking about because the ahab the guy like dies yes and because and he's closest to the, who the shark is yes he's closest to the shark and then you have like you have uh, Richard Dreyfus, who you know, his power and wealth comes from his knowledge and his uh, his power comes from his knowledge and his wealth, not necessarily like him as a physical person. Right. Um. Even though you know he's not weak by any means, but like compared standing next to Chief Brody, he's like more diminutive. When you know? he's still sharing his battle scars, yeah, like, he's mm -hmm. still right there. The two of them are at the table, right? But he can, yeah, mm -hmm. he yeah, he's kind of that guy in the middle who who's kind of still struggling to like one up the other guy but you know also trying to remain civilized yeah <laughs> it, they're all trying like they're all sitting at a at a table having <laughs> drinks and and then you have brody who you know is this person who's supposed to be this like you know this paragon of strength but also is haunted by like you know is haunted by a previous experience i guess drowning i think is what his wife said like he had or he had said that he was he had he doesn't like the water, mm -hmm. and that's his thing. Is that like you know my enemy now is in the water, and now I have to go to yeah a he has place to face it he has yeah. to face it and and uh, and face his demons and and overcome them just like you know any like just like Sydney <laughs> just like <laughs> just like uh, a lot of our final girls, um, but with 
it, it, that's interesting. That whole like the the shark as a as a metaphor for like unbridled masculinity. I feel like that scene in in the table where they are comparing battle scars is like the perfect place to compare that that theory because yes. it really is. There, you know, this one-upping that's happening at the table, and Brody just kind of looks around like, well, I don't have anything that I can contribute <laughs> right now. But I was then, a New yeah. York City police officer. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think I need to justify I don't have any physical scars <laughs> to show right now. Yeah. But yeah, so he's kind of not, he's almost not even engaging in that game. And then, yeah, in the end, spoiler alert, you know, then, then we lose the one who, who is the most of the toxic masculinity. The guy in the middle is like hiding under a seaweed chunk somewhere behind a rock or something <laughs> yeah, under the right. water. So he survives, but kind of just barely. And then Brody is the one who actually overcame it. So that that's really interesting because, um, you know, with him, he's the one who would have like won the the war of being civilized, right? Yeah, and and with um, with Quinn's story about uh the USS uh, Indianapolis, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So his story about that, I was like, okay, I. Th- think he's gonna die because i feel uh-huh. like you know that's his like that's karmic retribution for like or not like he has this survivor's guilt but now he's gonna uh, now it's just gonna take him over He'll finally like meet his meet his ends with the shark I- exactly know. the yeah. way it was supposed to yeah, hit, you know way. he's gonna be final, final destination, destination. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> final destination style yes the shark is coming Yes. What again, and that also ties to like to Ahab, you know, because you know, that sort, which is one of the um, like literary references that Jaws is is making here, you know, because he's so dedicated to finding, you know, and and, yeah. and to seeing it this through. Undoing, yeah. But yeah, of course, like you know, like destroying like the the uh, communication device and, and yeah. whatever. Like I'm gonna get the shark no matter what, even if it kills me. Yeah. I don't care what and happens. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's what happens. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they did save ten thousand dollars because. <laughs> they, didn't have, they didn't have to pay yeah, him. Yeah, that's true. Hey, yeah. there we go. Good job, Joe. Looking on the bright side. You and the I mayor. Didn't yeah. I didn't know. Even think hey. About that. <laughs> Don't compare me to a douche in a suit. <laughs> Uh, so there's this uh, article. It's from The Take. It's called, Why Does Bruce the Shark's Gender Matter in Jaws? Uh, this is by Savannah Teague. It was published in 2015. So uh, November of 2015. So, um, you know, pretty good relevant uh, outside. uh, We're excited here. Um, So it's looking at um, sort of looking at like a little bit of like the masculine thing. But because there isn't, although they refer to it, I guess the the novel that this is based on by what was his name? Uh, Bletchley? Peter Bletchley. Yeah. 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 Um, He calls the shark a he in the book, but they don't really make it explicit in in this film, I think. I mean, yeah. maybe they say he, but I mean, they well, don't they, know. They are consistently gendering the shark as he. Yeah. Uh, but it was just sort of interesting to kind of look at it. There's this, you know, if, if it was uh, female, like y- you could look at um, sort of Barbara Creed's um, idea of like the monstrous feminine and that it's these like three men battling, you know, um, this destructive female energy, <laughs> this idea of, like the shark is like the, the vagina dentata, like you know it's that yes. yeah exactly that kind of idea, um, which I guess in the we were talking a little bit earlier. There's um what's to say brucetta because I guess they called the shark Bruce throughout yes. the yeah <laughs> throughout the, the it film was named after his lawyer I think so yeah yeah something like that. Bruce, so in yeah. the the third movie they they get they like feminized it as the shark in Finding Nemo. That's why they, that yeah, shark that's why is it's named Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. yeah. 
Ah, there it we go. It was a little nod to Jaws. Yeah. Ah, even in Disney. Even, yeah. even in Disney, they, they have it. Um, I, I want to kind of tie this back to the interview we did with you, uh, Jack, about um, about your work and you're, you're working on a feature about werewolves. And, you know, we're talking about here we are, like, for me, it's always, like, I love um, anytime I watch a creature film where it's like, no, so, so like, it, spoiler alert for the n- late 90s Godzilla, <laughs> where it's like, Godzilla's, like, a female, like, or mm-hmm. they, or like, the, um, the Jurassic Park, yeah, I was or say Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park yeah. where yeah. it's like, it's the, it's, the, it's uh, they're female because they're, um, they're more ferocious, and they're, they're that, that maternal kind of, it's the ferocity of uh, maternal instinct that mm-hmm. you're you, that we're attaching to it, and it's interesting because like I feel that in this film the shark is gendered immediately as a he because um, you know for for better or worse you have only men can access this kind of ferocity with that's mm-hmm. unprovoked, whereas if it's um, a from a feminine from a feminine creature or feminine context. Uh, female identified, what have you? They, y- it's has to be provoked in some way. Like yeah. there has to like be there a has threat. to be a reason. Exactly. Yeah, behind it. Yeah, I um, I that's that's why. Yeah, that's why I wanted to explore that yeah. in my movie is is because when you do kind of put a gender on the creature or whatever mm-hmm. it is, um, oftentimes if you go female, then there's all these other things that are already built into culture that that well then if it's a if it's a woman you know, shark or, or whatever it is, then it has to be this, this, and this, and it has to have has this Has to reason. be a mother, has to be yeah, this. It's yeah, it's usually maternal. It's, u- you know, there's all these things that go with it. And, of course, in nature, obviously a big part of, of animals is, is reproducing, and there's a certain way they found it. But if you look at some of the animals in nature, um, they are super, I mean, they're just so vicious. The yeah. females are more vicious than the male counterparts, but we automatically identify that ferocity with male, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, unless it's protecting <coughs> your the children, then it then it could be a female. Yes. But otherwise, yeah. they're no, they they don't get that vicious. Females don't get that vicious, which is completely untrue, especially when you look at animals in nature. Yeah, and that's what you know. I think that that's what this uh, paper is trying to to talk about in the sense of like again, there's these like three men, you know, these everyday, you know, the everyday guy, and then, you know, these, uh, these other extremes of, of, of men who are fighting against this wild, uncontrollable feminine force, mm-hmm. you know, that they have to tamp down and control and stop, you know, mm-hmm. and I just thought that was an interesting reading, you know, while watching, jo- and again, because of the nature of our podcast and as, you know, queer people, you know, kind of looking for interesting, you know, twists on the story, or, you know, I was sitting there watching it, and I'm like, is... Jaws a she? Could Jaws be a she? So I start looking that up, and that's uh-huh. what kind of brings me to this article and 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 talking, you know, and that's been something that we've discussed, you know, in the past on on shows like The Monstrous Feminine and this like fear of the wild mm-hmm. woman, the wild woman, <laughs> yeah, which is why I'm going to make a movie with a bunch of wild, right? Women. Yeah, yes. um, yeah, because it is. They're always kind of yeah. There is this fear, but it's not. It's it's like kind of an unnatural feel, and it's er, feel fear uh, <laughs> about you know women unhinged and women explore like just women kind of being let loose because that yeah. that veracity is in there mm-hmm. it's just it's typically either held down by you know whatever is going on in society or you know it just hasn't been let loose yeah and uh, you know because that animal nature is in all of us just in a different way yeah, yeah. and that's why i love also werewolf movies because it's like how do we tame 
it, how do we tame this darkness that's inside, that's of, inside us. of us? Yeah. And it's always about trying to control the monster as opposed to, and where it gets really fun, especially with werewolf movies, is that when you when you just allow it to just just be to just yeah. be, and you just learn how to live with it, which is kind of if you do take if you do that take on on Jaws, instead of that creature being inside of you, they're having that struggle just externally with yeah. you know the creature mm-hmm. out there in the water. Um, but you could definitely look at it the same way, where it is that kind of inner struggle constantly, and it's like, does it win you over and and take over like it it does with with the captain, but why am I blanking on his name yeah, right now? Quint, I, Quint, Quint, yeah, Quint. Quint, yeah. It's like weird. Quint. That's why. That's why. It's it's not, there's that yeah. T at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it does, it does finally <laughs> take take him over, but it doesn't get to our, our yeah. hero, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. I just, you know, again, I thought this was sort of interesting, you know, reading of, of, the, f- of the film, you know, about masculinity. Because either way, regardless of the gender of the shark, and I, I guess it is more explicit. We were talking earlier in the sequels, like the third one or something. Yeah. It's, it, it is ex- explicitly a, a female. Um, it, regardless, Jaws is sort of reaffirming ideas of, of like a certain type of masculinity keeps order. You know, yeah. keeps keeps mm-hmm. life in order. You know, and the guy who gets out at the end and is the hero is like just that. You know, this certain type of everyday man. You know, um, protecting his family. Yeah, protecting his family, and that that's what keeps society in order. And so we have to tamp down any wild. You know, like that. That is the enemy. The other. You know, keeps it. And I, I think Jaws. You know, it's about that. In that, you know, in, if if we're gonna analyze it, <laughs> um, other. Any other thoughts, any other things that we can pull from Jaws that you were thinking about while watching Joe or you, you know, Jacqueline? Well, I mean, (laughs) it now makes, you know, it makes entire, like, complete sense why why they have it. They still have it to this day on the Universal Studios tour, on the the studio tour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is, what is, what do they tour? I don't, I don't know. I've never been. Uh, so the the Universal Studios has like a studio lot tour that yeah. you know sometimes you you're going through and it's like they're actually filming shows, but um, sometimes it uh, most of the time it's just like it's actually like a ride. And now oh, I, was, okay. I was talking to someone, and they were like, "Yeah, it's like an hour long ride now." And uh, I remember going on it as a kid back in the '90s, and they have like, "Oh, and you know we're passing by this pond," and they're talking about Jaws, and then you see like a fisherman like go on with bubbles of red blood. Yeah, they have it's like the Amity uh, it, now we're going into Amityville and you go in and you see the barrels and then you see I think a pier bra- like there's a few things that happen. You see Bates Motel movie. from Psycho. Oh wow. Yeah, there's a uh, that I I that's why I do like going to Universal Studios is I'm a total nerd for the back lot even yeah. still even though you know a lot of it's you know. Yeah. They they have a lot of it that's just kind of yeah, more of an attraction now than it was yeah. before. Before it was felt a little bit more like a like, like you're actually in the back yeah. Line. yeah but like, they, like they, it's ca- it like downpours on you out of nowhere um yeah you you're know, stuff like that like movie magic stuff oh okay but with the jaws stuff like you can act like you'll be crossing like and then you see like oh jaws like where where'd he go and then all of a sudden the the shark is right next to you like an yeah. animatronic shark oh, is wow. like the coming for the track like breaks down a little bit so you're like almost water level yeah, Uh-oh, he's and then out the it, yeah, his Jaws little shark. <laughs> um, and Bumpty so picture just oh. to put it on. <laughs> so he's uh, the the shark will come, and then they do. They've done some other things. The last time I went on the tour, they took us through like 
um, we were in Wisteria Lane, and then we turned the corner, and all of a sudden, it's Gosh, a it, about that it's so a it's a crash scene from War of the Worlds with like a plane crash scene, and yeah, and they it just shows keep adding they just keep adding things, it. and it's it's really cool how they're doing that they're showing the movie magic, and you can like experience it right there as part of the tour. So well, like Wisteria Lane, that's like I think even actually that. The movie I was talking about, my my mother's a werewolf or what I can't remember. <laughs> the, they, it was shot at that house where the Burbs was and every you know it's like you just oh keep seeing awesome. that yeah. same house and the all these different <laughs> movies from that era, you know. The same like the the same like town square yeah, that from like Monster Squad and Back to the yep. Future and um, uh, from Fright Night, like it's just like yeah. oh that looks yeah, like we right built that looks like the clock tower, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna use it to death. <laughs> use it over and over. Uh, anyone want to go swimming? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. You know, yeah, I, um, growing up, we had, like, a man-made beach in um, Ohio called uh, Caesars Creek. And so, and they had fish and stuff in it. So, like, you know, I remember seeing Jaws, and then, like, we'd go out, and you did kind of have that, like, freaky sensation, especially because something might actually swim by yeah, you, or, yeah. like, some kind of seaweed might my wrap My uncle you. had one of those dark <laughs> bottom pools when I was little, oh, and yeah. I used to always be so terrified that there was something under there, because you just couldn't tell. Couldn't you know? see, yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. But, yeah, I, uh, the, the one thing that I did find really interesting watching, again, for with Jaws was, was actually kind of all of the masculinity that was mm. that was on screen especially the whole like third act basically yeah. where they're just yeah. on the boat together and then yeah the shark's a dude and and it's just shark's, <laughs> a dude. shark's a dude too um and it just it was just really interesting just seeing those characters interact with each other out in the middle of nowhere where they didn't have kind of all those eyes on them and they were able to sort of you know even though they were kind of doing it still in in their way but sharing their battle scars but I mean, Quint, one of the one of the super masculine characters, opening up to his friends. You know, like yeah, yeah. I feel like you don't see kind of true emotional scenes between guys mm -hmm. very often. So I th I thought that was really interesting too this time around. Yeah, that's a great point. There's that sort of like brother in arms kind of yeah. you know thing that like you know people who have been like in the military or have worked in other you know th that sort of thing where you know you have that common experience and so yeah it does provide that opportunity to have that's you know that is a good point it's not like it's necessarily um toxic you know not all forms of masculinity you know by definition have to be toxic or wrong or damaging you know but i don't know then again like but it's just a little a <laughs> I, I think with i think in that to that point yeah it's just kind of overwhelmingly yeah. yeah, like yeah. that whole, and it's like the the moment they go out on that boat, it's just it's just dripping with masculinity, yeah, like I good know. or bad. It's just it's all there, and I, I just thought that was interesting because I do like looking sort of at at some of those things in gender, and then I I enjoy flipping it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's like you know seeing that I'm then like okay, this gives me ideas for when I create something, still having some of that masculinity, but if they're female characters, why pull back? We can still play with some of those those different ideas and you know it, like the the toxic masculinity obviously you wouldn't really put that in the female characters but just kind of some of the interactions and the way they interact with each other and you know you can kind of push back against against sort of those views yeah you know that, yeah. that people have well i think the descent is a good example of I that, love that movie. you know yeah, because it's such example. like yeah because they're such like i mean you know they're freaking like going into these like caves and doing something that is so physical and active and you know that I think that you normally would identify with like a group of guys doing it. it's like these group of girls who mm -hmm. women these group of women who love 
to do this kind of stuff that are like what what kind of sports? What do they call that? Spelunking. Like, spelunking. Well, yeah, but like extreme like sports. Extreme you know, yeah. it's like they're extreme. not like, yeah, they're not playing softball on the weekends. Yeah. You know, they're f- cave diving or whatever. You know, spelunking. I love that. <laughs> you know, we're, like this is a very extreme sport. You know, and it works really well in that film. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and it's like you know when they're sitting at the table comparing battle scars. It's mm-hmm. like I've done that with with friends. You know, female friends of mine. But you don't really see females doing that on camera ever, yeah. you know. So it's yeah. kind of just it's being like, emotional. "Oh, here's where the blind spot <laughs> is a little scar. bit." Yeah, right. Let's let me <laughs> open up my my These heart. These are my, let's o- my emotional let's cry together. Uh. Yeah, no, it's you know, you. I've definitely had plenty of experiences with women where we're totally sharing paddle scars, and it it's like you really do see. Oh, I haven't seen this on camera much before, so now I want to make sure and address that over here. You know. Yeah. So it's interesting to look at at sort of the masculine side of things and be like, okay, how can I kind of break some of those barriers that are that are up because we just don't see it in culture, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I mean, I think it's like you know, I know all those women. Like if the guy, if the yeah. g- if the guys in this movie were women, I still know them. Oh, I know yeah. a woman just like Even Brody. A quint. I know. I yeah. Know oh, a yeah. No, I know a couple of. Quints. I know some quints. Uh, <laughs> you know, my in my. Uh, what is it? Lesbian moon. That's the new thing, by the way. I'm now I'm now a lesbian moon. You know, oh, you're I'm, a, I'm oh. orbiting. You're <laughs> the lesbian. Oh, oh you're joked. I'm oh, I thought you because were because like of the Etheridge. And just <laughs> in general, my whole life, like the first gay bars I ever went to were were lesbian bars, and I've spent like my whole. Oh, I thought you meant like life, you know? you're like a gay sun, and then like a straight rising, and then a lesbian uh, moon. I thought right, that's what you meant. Moon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, just this idea that's like, yeah, I've met, I've met plenty of women who are like, you know, again, like in the Navy and the military, you know, that are very hardened and have had these experiences that are very extreme that I, I'm totally alien to me. Like, I definitely would not volunteer to go out on a boat and on a shark. Yeah. No, not doing that. I'm going to stay here on the beach with the binoculars. And <laughs> it looks like they're making it. Uh, yeah, not interested in that. But y- it's like I think that you could flip and, and tell still a really engaging, interesting story, you know, yeah. if you did have all, you know, a, a cast of women in this. Um, well, it, it's like, and even if you're not flipping the actual movie, it's just like, yeah, how many times do you see a scene like that with women where they're right. not, even if they're opening up emotionally like Quint does, where it's not some big, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like it always looks the same if it if it's yeah. women opening up. It doesn't look like that, you know, no. on yeah. camera. Yeah. And then Not sometimes it's just too often considered like a fluke too, because again, like to bring up Alien, which you know Jaws had a major influence on um, in in not showing you know the creature till really late in the film. You know there there is something very cool about Ripley where she's not that you know you you know she's making strong decisions that are not based on emotion, not based on like. You know, because I mean, if you're trapped on a boat or trapped on a ship or trapped on a spaceship or whatever with a with a group of people, you're probably considering them family. Yeah, you know, and yeah. that the idea is that you know a strong woman in power might, you know, try to keep the family together. Instead, she's like, "No, fuck you! You went out there, got some kind of space creature on you. I'm not yeah, letting I'm you not back, letting back, in, you back in this thing." You know, and she has to make that kind of strong decision, and it's like that's not you know there there are plenty of women that are like not all women have to you know I, I guess it's just going back to kind of what we were talking about. Like, there's people. Th- there's people in general mm-hmm. across all genders. Yeah. <laughs> Women are. and men who act yeah. more masculine or feminine or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever you want to define, define it as. Roles, but yeah. it's like we just don't see that that range a lot of times in in stuff even now, well, especially now. It's like yeah. almost like we went backwards a bit with it. 
Yeah. It's, it's really weird right it now is. if you watch some of the pop mainstream stuff. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's like, and yeah, it's like we think that we're getting, you know, and again, I think it is in the indies, and I do think, you know, we there, it's uh, it's out there, and we can find it, and certainly on on television, you know, I think Netflix, things like that, you know, because th- there's maybe, well, I don't know, maybe you could speak a little to that, because I mean, I like to think that it seems like there's more risk like taken, because like especially with Netflix, it seems like they have so many different kinds of movies on there, but I don't know, maybe maybe that's also. Yeah, I, I think with like the. Um Whenever you're dealing with studios or bigger corporations, they're always going to be more on the lookout for like what what's going to lose me that you know that sponsorship or, mm. or what if we do this? Is this person over here going to think it's okay? So there's a lot more rules. I feel like in the mainstream stuff, they're they're Regardless. not willing to take as m- many risks. Where if you're you know crowdfunded or if you do have an investor, but they don't really have anything but just want to make good art, then you're able to take those risks and go you know go explore more. Yeah. I just, yeah, I wish that we would see, you know, more of those kinds of stories getting told in the mainstream because they do exist and there is obviously, you know, there there are successful examples, but again, that's kind of the thing. It's like, you know, people go, oh, well, it's, it's a fluke. Mm-hmm. Well, even, the, even this movie, even though it was a studio movie, it, the only reason they were able or willing to take a chance was because it was a bestseller yeah. novel. And so then they're like, okay, well, there's money here so now we'll go do this, and you know, um, and it, I think if it wasn't for all of these accidents and mistakes, even it would it would just be a completely different movie that happened on set. So it's like they took the initial risk because the money was there, and then they I think a lot of other stuff they were just trying to um, salvage what they had already put into it. So they they were probably just happy when Spielberg finally had a movie to give them. So sometimes because of all those mistakes and stuff, you get away with more because the the studio or whoever is just like okay yeah just get it done yeah yeah I would get yeah that's we need true. it we need it out now. yeah <laughs> I was reading <laughs> that because they was like a hundred days over production yeah they just had, they so, had so many issues so many issues you yeah. know boats breaking down sharks breaking yeah. down <laughs> right, the like me- and it, so it's like we would we would have seen more of the shark if that shark was working which actually would have been a disservice to the movie yeah you know mm-hmm. it was just I I didn't get to talk about it when we were talking about my movie Shock Attack but like all of the boats broke down on us boats were floating away in the middle of a shot like. <laughs> Whenever you're dealing with boats, there's going to be issues, no matter what. I mean, one time we were even stuck, like, I don't even know. It was just, like, probably five or ten feet from the the dock. But because of that, we were stuck on the boat until, like, an actor jumped out and got another boat and, like, came back. So it's, like, there's always going to be issues on the water, but they had, like, they were plagued with issues. Did they benefit, like, the, the, those examples of, of, of what you're talking about on Shock Attack? Um, um did they benefit the film in any way? Was any footage or anything from that that you were like, oh, actually, this might be kind of cool? Or did it lead you to um, making any decisions? Because obviously with Jaws, yeah, they made decisions based on... Mostly just uh, funny outtakes and stuff. But yeah, I mean, the decision where, where our puppet kind of broke down, even though it was more of a operated by man, not, you know, I think Jaws was like, Bruce was on a track and, mm-hmm. and some other stuff. That's why, actually, I was watching some behind, behind the scenes thing and they said that's why they chose that location because the sandy bottom floor was... It was high enough that they were able to put the shark track on. Okay, yeah. So th- I thought that was interesting, but um, but yeah, like because of the eel not working properly, we had to go CG. And there's some some stuff that's actually really fun about that and work better. Where other stuff, I st- I still would really love to have. Yeah. I you know I love practical effects. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is a good time for that. We are seeing a lot of cool uh, movies that are embracing the practical yeah. effects again. And well, doing and, it in and it's like because if you look at Jaws, like that shark, even though you can tell it's mechanical, but it's not nearly 
aged as much as if like some of the you know super old CG stuff that you see you're just like oh this is bad you know but when it's practical even if it you can tell it's a puppet or you can tell it's mechanical it still like holds up you know yeah absolutely I was talking about that the other day because uh, Jurassic Park was on and we have like a super high def very you know fancy freaking television thing and I was like it's so interesting seeing it like you know this now um, whereas when I was a kid it was so mind blowing yeah you know yeah. and now I'm watching it and I'm like mm. <laughs> it's it we could use with a re, you know, maybe somebody should go through and remaster. Re just do a little bit of an little update on the paint, uh, paint job there. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought that was very interesting that you know that that's something that is so pointed at, like scholarly, influentially, if that's a word, you know, like all all the things about Jaws that people love were accidents, mm -hmm. you know, like that the shark, you know, and you're right because the more they use that puppet, the more ridiculous it may have looked if it was malfunction they're having to deal with that malfunction um so it's, it's just interesting that those mistakes or not even mistakes but just the murphy's law yeah just things <laughs> not going to plan even like yeah, the, the shark cage where i was always curious how oh, the shark yeah, yeah, attacked yeah. the cage um again this like little behind the scenes i have the collector's edition so i started watching some of the behind the scenes yeah, stuff. yeah 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 and um they it was actually when they were shooting the shark footage the the actor uh was afraid to go in the cage, so the cage was empty, but a shark kind of went in to go explore the cage and got stuck. So when it's thrashing around like that, the real shark, um, it was actually stuck, but it looks like it's attacking the cage. So they oh. actually rewrote that whole part where he goes out of the cage and down and hides so that they could use that footage because it looks so good. Because yeah. all the real shark footage was shot before they shot the rest of it. Yeah, I read that was like Australia or something. They were using yeah, some kind of it, yeah. yeah particular shark and that the cage was even... Um, Small or yeah, they they made yeah. it smaller, and the the performer was I think like four eleven or something. Yeah. He was um he was he I think also it said somewhere that he played uh he was like Elizabeth Taylor's stunt person, or he would like mm. he would be the double for a lot of kids, or you know. So they used someone who was smaller, and then they had a smaller cage too because real sharks aren't as big as Bruce was supposed yeah. to be, which was yeah. he was supposed to be what like twenty something twenty five feet long and, and yeah and three, three tons. tons. And I, I think like, and I think. A the real shark that w they were filming there was like maybe like 10 or 11 feet or you yeah. know something like that but uh, see i love all that kind of stuff like especially in horror because that is really you know horror is a um a genre of ingenuity you know yeah. and, a, and a genre mm -hmm. of, of of you know making do with what you got you know and, and making it work and and having fun and exploring you know, different options because a lot of times, yeah, you don't have some massive budget and you don't yeah. have, you know, so you really got to think about it. And some of the best movies that we have have come out of just, you know, that kind of, you know, like what Jaws, well, I mean, I'm sure Jaws had like a bigger budget, but just, you know, looking at some other horror that doesn't because you're working with yeah. what you have and sometimes or you're just that's... just going with it, you know, because yeah, on, on just a film flowing. set, everything's going to go wrong. That's yeah. the way yeah. it happens. So you just plan as best as you can and then you just go with the flow, you know. So if something's going another direction, Figure out how to ride that wave instead of fight against it, you know? Yeah. And I think that um, all these, like, Jaws and all of those movies where they, they did that, it's it's really inspiring as a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Huh. How cool. Well, this was a lot of fun. I'm uh, I'm glad that we did this. I'm, I'm looking forward to exploring more um, of this, like, nature versus man. <laughs> um, it's all, you know, movies we haven't really done. Joe, are you excited? No. <laughs> yeah. You're going to make me watch Spiders, so. Yeah, we're no. definitely going to do arachnophobia. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to do but that. But I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for the other things, like, I mean, classics, Cujo, Birds. Yeah. All oh, of that. so good. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love Birds. I love Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've not done too much Hitchcock, but we really got, we should. You know, 
but it's you know again it's that um like you were talking about earlier like uh you know the problematic (laughs) right i I mean it's like i love i love those movies and it's like am i allowed to you know now knowing jeepers creepers i love those movies so much and Mm -hmm. to know like what the director and right it's like fuck you know dude or rosemary's baby like it's one of my favorite movies and it's just riddled now with all of this yeah god damn it this awful man stupid man blow up blow up that shark right (laughs) blow up that mess that toxic masculinity exactly (laughs) do it it. end it uh all right well thank you so much again for spending time with us and um you know coming down here to hang out with us you know in the in in the library here we're not in the mobile the book the book mobile we're in the the actual juju um yeah so again you can find Jacqueline Chesson G A C L Y N C H E S S E N right yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> I was good I was like oh good <laughs> on the uh, on the twitters and the instagrams and the facebooks and all of the social all medias all of the things be on the lookout cuz uh, yeah she's going to do some real cool stuff that we can't wait to see and, and have you back on to talk about so uh Joe be safe out there in the water good night <laughs> good night Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.